Attention, Midwest firefighter. Attention, Midwest firefighter. We have a large wildland fire reported west of town near the Smith residence. God looked down on earth, which he had created and seen. I need someone to protect my creation and save my children from disaster. So God made a fireman. God said, I need someone who will leave their family and go put their life on the line to save the life of someone they have never met. So God made a fireman. God said, I need someone that will put all their fear aside to battle fire and flames at a neighbor's house to protect what that person has worked their entire life for, so God made a fireman. God said, I need someone strong enough to remove a husband and wife from tangled metal and steel of a motor vehicle accident, but also soft enough to pick up and comfort the scared, crying child unharmed during the accident and tell them it's going to be okay. Mommy and Daddy are going to be fine, so God made a fireman. God said, I need someone tough enough to tell a woman that the man she has been married to for 50 years is dead without showing any emotion after performing CPR on him for a solid hour. But when everything is over and they are all alone, will cry their eyes out because they feel like that they could have done more to save that man. So God made a fire. God said, I need someone who will wake up in the middle of the night when the temperature outside is below freezing, to go sit on a ground monitor and spray water on a farmer's barn that is engulfed in flames to save what is left of the equipment and livestock and never complain about being wet or cold as ice forms on his coat and helmet. So God made a fireman. God said, Someone who, no matter how busy, how sick, or how tired, will put their priorities aside to answer the sound of a pager whenever it may sound. So God made a fireman. God said, I need someone who can drive trucks, pull hose, use many tools, move heavy loads, withstand extreme heat, beat the devil face to face, and not be frightened, and do this safely so they may return home to families that would be lost without them. So God made a fireman. It had to be someone who could guide and direct, protect and serve, save lives and property, conquer and overcome, fear yet be fearless, never accept failure, sacrifice life and limb, pray and love. Somebody that when the fire is out and the wrecks are clear, returns home and surrounds himself with a family and smiles a big smile and fights back a tear when he hears his own son say, I want to be just like daddy when I grow up. So God made a fireman. All right, everybody. Welcome back to episode three of the Midwest Firefighter. Um, we thought this video kind of set the tone great for where we want to talk to. Um, you know, it's right after Thanksgiving by the time this thing airs, and, and we just want to get together and, you know, really talk about things that we're thankful for. Um, 
you know that that video uh, that we just played there that explains a lot of of firefighters around what we have to deal with. You know, many um, times there's an emergency and nobody knows what to do. Who do they call? The they, fire department, right? Yeah, they call us. Yeah. So, um, you know, as a volunteer, that brings some extra elements to uh, the the situation as well. But to start off with, I think let's go ahead and and just talk about what we're thankful for. Um, Kelsey, you want to start us off with things you're thankful for? Yeah, sure. There's so many things. So I'm just going to, I'll just cut it down just a couple. Um, the most important is, is the family. Um, without their support of being, you know, supporting me, I wouldn't be able to do what I do in the fire service. Um, you know, there's some things that I really don't tell my wife. Like last episode, I talked about uh, uh, fire pretty much being 360 degrees of me. I've never really told her that. So, uh Hopefully she doesn't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, she might have different things. You know, and on that, just to interrupt for a second, but there is times where we don't tell the whole truth when we get home, right? Like exactly. Yeah. So sorry. Go ahead. Nope. Nope. You're good. So yeah. So you know, part of me hopes that she doesn't listen to this. Otherwise, I might be in just a little bit of trouble. You know. Um, and then and then just another quick one is is the friends. Um. I've got a lot of friends that I've gotten to know in the fire service. Um, they they push me to be a better person um, and and help train me to be the person that I am today. So, um, like I said, I could keep going on for hours and hours what to be thankful for, but those are two big ones for me. Good, Aaron. What you got for us? I'll 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 just tag in on the family it's it's so amazing to have a wife and kids that really support me and um, love to go down to the fire hall and spend time down there when we're cleaning trucks or just just working on something and being able to spend time with them down there um, yeah family's family's awesome but uh, yeah the friends and uh, employers I mean it's so so great that our our bosses allow us the liberty and the freedom to be able to drop everything at work depending on our schedule. I mean, obviously, sometimes our our jobs, you can't get out of it, but uh, well, most of the time we're able to drop everything and then go respond to the pager and come back and pick up where we were and and uh, go on with a, either a service call or or maybe you have a sale with a customer, or I don't know. You guys have run into that too, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, you know, with with my job and with what I do, uh, spring and summer's hard, right? Like I'm, uh, I work several hours during those those time period, and it is extremely hard um, to find time for much of anything. But in the summertime, when that pager goes off, I have full clearance to go do what I need to do when I need to do it, how I need to do it. You know, my, the company really, really supports me. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think the employers are. Yeah, for sure. And like, I've been in several customers' houses and the pager goes off and they're like, Hey, do you need to go? It's like, well, you know, I've got your fridge tore apart to the bare bone. So I probably better stay and get your fridge going again. Yeah. And then they're more than willing, like, no, nah, we can, we can wait for this. Yeah. So, Yeah. And that kind of boils into maybe another point is the community. You when you when you're a firefighter, the community really 
really supports you. And it's, it's so gr- great to be supported by, uh, an amazing community. And, yeah. and the, the people here are so thankful that we're able to do our job. I mean, you, you run down, you, you're going down main street and, and in a truck and here's a bunch of kids waving at you and, and wanting you to blare the siren and that it's, it's a big. Well, and, and how many times have we been out on fires, you know, here just, just about almost two years ago now, we had a string there of about three days of nothing but fighting fire, right? And and we get back to the firehouse, clean trucks up, put them away. I mean, and we saw, talk about three days. There was less hours in those three days not fighting fire than there was fighting fire. Every night, every day, that's all we did when that wind hit. Yeah. But yeah. we get back to the firehouse, and there's supper sitting there. People in the community knew we'd been out. We'd been, we're working hard, we're tired, and they brought us supper. And that's where I relate back to my tuna sandwich. I don't care what it is at that point. I'm hungry, I'm tired, and I'm ready <laughs> to eat. And but we're extremely grateful for that, right? Like we've got a huge community support. Um, and that kind of rolls into to one of the things I was good, thankful for is um, donations, right? Um, a lot of communities, uh, the fire department's budget, EMS budget, whatever, falls short for what they would actually like to do and what they would like the service they'd like to be able to provide. Um, so that's one thing as we're getting into the giving season to keep in mind is, you know, if you got some extra cash or whatever, and you're trying to figure out what you could go good to make a donation to the fire department, EMS, you know, law enforcement, whatever, you know, make a donation. Those, those entities could really use that money. Yeah. Um, you know, something else as we were, we were building this podcast, I got to thinking about too, was, you know, the family and the friends absolutely were thankful for, right? Um, support, support group behind us. You know, it gets frustrating from time to time when we're out a lot, right? On just the family time that gets hard. Um, you got to come up with some sort of balance there, but we all know that when those tones drop at whatever time of day or night it is, you know, you have the support, go, go take care of it. Somebody's having the worst of the worst days, um, which leads me into my, my other one is advanced technology. I'm extremely grateful for advanced technology, like SCBAs and a better PBE. Awesome. Well, could you imagine us pushing a, a, a cart down the street re- to respond to a fire? Now yeah. Right. And having to stoke it with coal. Yeah. Yeah, technology's great and some, <laughs> you know, like that is a great step up, you know. Uh, we like dogs, but, I mean, let's be honest, the fire truck's better. Yeah. yeah um, no horses. No horses to feed, yeah. You know, and, and overall just volunteers because, you know, to both your guys' points, yes, you know, family, employers, and this and that, but multiple volunteers, right? Multiple volunteers that if you can't make the call, I can't make the call, Kelsey can't make the call, whatever the case may be, somebody can step into that role and do their job. Yep. Yes. That and is huge, right? That, that just brought an idea to me is the, you know, our mutual aid districts and, and everybody that um, when something gets big, it allows us to lean on them and their expertise and, and the resources that they have available. And that's, that's one thing that, Maybe we take for for granted sometimes, but it's always always there when we call, and they always answer the call as well. Yeah, all hours of the day or night. Yeah, even on holidays. 
you know, uh, missing anything anybody's thought of, I guess they're, they're really grateful for that. We haven't really covered yet or. Well, I'm, I'm thankful for you guys and the opportunity to, to be here and, and, uh, have a podcast and, and just spend time with you guys and, and, uh, learn more about firefighting and, and I'm excited to see what comes in the future. I'm thankful for your, uh, technological advancements inside your head because they're awesome you know <laughs> you're the brains behind this operation of making all this stuff work you know yeah i barely know how to talk into the microphone let alone do everything else that goes along with it right right i can talk to anybody i, I got told one time i could sell uh, uh what was it ketchup to a woman in white gloves so i guess I, I can talk a lot but making this thing sound right that's that's up to you so we appreciate that aaron well thanks yeah kelsey what else you got man like I said, we could just keep going for days on what we're thankful for, you know. But I think we just kind of need to keep moving. So Okay, so being thankful, right? Let's spin this just a little bit um, and turn this into uh, a generosity-type conversation. Maybe not so much as a thankful one. But we talked about volunteers, this or that. You know, we looked up some statistics just randomly, you know, kind of in conversation here. Um and we're talking about volunteers, right? You have a job, hobbies, family, kids, whatever the case may be. And then you have the fire department, right? Um, I'm, I'm not going to discount career firefighters whatsoever. That's what I want to be when I grow up. So if you're a career and you're listening to this, please don't take any offense. This is not that. But volunteers have all this on their plate. Plus, when that pager goes off, the 911 caller is not calling and saying, Hey, can you send the guy that got a 75% on his test? You know, yeah. they're asking for a professional, you yep. know, and fire doesn't care whether you're a career volunteer. It burns the same, right? Yep. Yep. And, and it'll hurt you both just as easy. Yeah. Yeah. And so Aaron, do you have that stat up for how many volunteer firefighters there are in the United States? Well, I was just uh, looking at the NFPA and they estimate that in 2020, there were, um, just a touch over 1,040,200 career and volunteer firefighters in the United States. And of that, uh, 364,300 or approximately 35% were career firefighters and 676,900 or approximately 65% were volunteers. That's incredible. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. That's crazy. Um, you know, while you're doing that, I looked up eighty five percent of all Nebraska firefighters are volunteer. Eighty five percent. That's a pretty big number. That is, you know, and I guess, you know, it's it's exciting because there's a lot of people like us, right? Um, and, and since the first episode dropped, the the outreach that we've got you know, all of us, people messaging us, texting us, calling us, whatever. It is it is crazy because there's a lot of people out there that have had similar ideas or looking for something like this that now all of a sudden have something to listen to that they can relate to, right? Um, we're not sitting here up on a stage saying you need to be, you know, six foot, nothing, 185 pounds and just ripped and call you Mr. January. You know, that that's not what we're trying to say. Um, but we just want to have a normal conversation. We may think we're Mr. January. I'm more of a December. I like my coats. And yeah. You're going to appreciate me with my coat on, so <laughs> let's yep. just be honest. Yep. 
we're we're built for radio, not uh, not TV. Yeah, I know. At one of these points, though, we're gonna have some video footage, and and we're gonna let you guys tell us how we look. So we'll let you guess who's who if you don't know us. So, um, and then something else, guys, that we really want to talk talk about is the first podcast, right? Kelsey, what was your expectations, all honestly, of the success of the first podcast? I mean, I just, in my head, I was like, yeah, we're going to reach, you know, just our friends, you know, the the local people, and that's it. But don't give it away yet. I won't. But were you blown away? <laughs> yeah, I definitely was. Aaron, same I, question. What was your expectations, and what is your thoughts after the first podcast? I, I was surprised i mean pleasantly surprised i i wasn't thinking we're gonna hit as many people as we we reached right i thought oh you know maybe maybe 25 50 maybe 100 people yeah and wow wow (laughs) wow yeah uh guys we can't thank you guys enough for for the support and and all that like i said the text the phone calls emails whatever they're awesome. You know, the support you guys showed us is what drives us to keep going. Um, and we got everything set up, right, Aaron, to go through to, like, Apple and Spotify and, yeah. and all those sources. I mean, everything's set up, ready to go. Um, it's amazing, you know, and, and just a little statistic to share with everybody. We reached, with the first podcast, we reached 12 states out of 50. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. You want me to read them off? Sure, go for it. Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, Wyoming, Missouri, Iowa, Illinois, South Dakota, California, Washington, Texas, Colorado. You know, maybe what we should do is get a map and see how many states actually actually have listened to our podcast. Yeah, well... You know, I think by Christmas, the listeners can share this around enough. We can hit all 50 states. And I think I have a little secret coming up if they do. You want to know what it is? Well, I think it's a secret, isn't it? Well, it's a promo code. Ooh, Ooh. I like that idea. Yes, promo codes. If we can get all 50 states, we will release a nice promo code. Sounds like a good idea. To somewhere. (laughs) It might be for an ice cream cone, but you never know. There we go. Everybody loves ice cream. Everybody likes ice cream. No, I think, uh, you know, we're, like I said, we're extremely blessed about everybody sharing everything. So please like, share, subscribe. Um, You're going to find our podcast. We're going to air those on Saturday mornings. Um, You can find them on there. That's the avenue uh, we want to go. Subscribe so they give you notifications to the Midwest Firefighter. And we have some events coming up here before too long. And, you know, maybe if we uh, can talk ourselves into it a little bit, maybe we'll do a live event for you guys to to be a part of. I like that idea. It's definitely going to be different instead of standing, sitting in a room, talking to air, and actually have some real people watch us might be a little nerve-wracking. We're watching you. Yeah. Well, you, you guys are. But just stare at you a little longer. Yeah. Be like... <laughs> Like being in a fishbowl? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I don't know how much we want to release of the the next episode coming up, but the next one that's that's going to air, guys, uh, we're bringing a special guest in, um, and it's going to be a little different perspective on fire. 
you know, we're going to talk about some different views, let's say, of fire. So that's something exciting. We've got a couple others lined up. Um, some people from other departments around the area that are going to share a lot of good information with you guys. So if you guys are interested in getting on this um, podcast, especially you guys from like Eastern Nebraska that are listening to this, uh, surprisingly, I think Omaha was like our second number, right? I think it was number two Yeah, to, to hear, right? Yeah, yeah that yeah. really surprised me. But you guys that are back there that just experienced these large wildfires, please get on email us, you know, send us a Facebook message, something. We want to talk to you guys, and we want to visit about those days, those fires, what happened, what went good, what went bad, and, and just have a general conversation about those because we want to learn from you guys. Um, you know, we fight a lot of those fires. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot of those size and magnitude of fires back east, right? So, yeah, get on, guys, and and contact, reach out. You know, we've had some of you guys from south of Lincoln area reach out already, and we're more than willing to interview you guys. So, touch base. Um, I'll see what we can do. Yeah, we'd love to hear from from other departments, especially just here recently with these these big fires. I mean, the, earlier in the spring, we had the two down by the Cambridge area, um, Elm Creek area, or Elwood. Arapaho. Arapaho area. Um, we just want to hear, like, if we could maybe get the IC or, or just somebody to, to to share their experience. You know, you know, not every day do we have fires with eighty plus mile an hour winds on flat country. You know, it'd be nice to get their perspective, what they saw. You know, kind of maybe if you're willing to kind of share what the game plan was, if if there was a game plan other than just like, yep, there's a fire and there's whole bunch of wind what are we going to do right kind of a thing you know well and and, and that's just it and, and we want to emphasize we're not here to critique and we're not here to criticize we want an educational platform right yep what was going good and at what moment did you realize things were falling apart and and so other incident commanders around the area can help identify those trigger points let's call them call them what they are right those trigger points in yep. the incident command structure of Oh boy, I need help. I need help now. Yep. You know, yeah, and typically by the time you realize that it's too late. And you don't learn from when you do everything perfect. Right. You learn from when you make the mistakes. You know, you nobody's perfect. Yep. And you could have the exact same call tomorrow and you're like, okay, well, this didn't work last time. We're going to reevaluate things and, and maybe approach things just a little bit different than we did last time. Yeah. Put a play in the playbook, right? Yep. Yep. And that, I mean, it doesn't matter if you've had something significant for structure fires, wrecks, uh, rope calls, dive calls, whatever, you know, we'll, we'll take all avenues. It's not like just cause you're in the, the fire service that you only deal with fire calls. There yep. are, there's a million possibilities that come across. I mean, uh, how many years ago was that? We got called and we had the strong winds. The roof was blowing off of a, of a building. Right. So we'll even take advice on uh, how to rescue a cat out of a tree. Yes. We have actually, in my career, had to do that one time. I remember the page going out for a cat in a tree. So you're saying shoot it with an inch and three-quarter line isn't the best <laughs> option out there? <laughs> you know. Well, I'm sure we could probably have an entire episode on how to get a cat out of a tree. Yeah. I, I feel like I can think of somebody that should come on to help with us get that done. But um, Maybe maybe we'll, we'll address that in a future episode. There you go. Get, 
I, I think you're the best fit for this, actually. Oh, I can come up with some good ideas. Yeah. PETA might not like it, but yeah, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, guys. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Um, check us out on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any questions or comments, send us an email at themidwestfirefighter at gmail.com. Thank <laughs> you.